This is Financial Wellness Radio with Rob Burnett and Lori Gross from Outlook Financial Center. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob and Lori provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Rob Burnett and Lori Gross on Financial Wellness Radio. Welcome to Financial Wellness Radio. I'm Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center. I want to thank everyone who is listening to us live on our podcast or streaming on Troy Community Radio, WTJN 107.1 FM. And joining me in the studio today is the lead financial advisor and planner for our Troy office, Lori Gross. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Rob. Sounded like you kind of had a problem getting that radio station channel out there. Oh, there are just some days. Just uh, anyway. <laughs> and it's really a shame. We, we love Troy Community Radio. Great mm-hmm. folks down there. But uh, the call letters, they'll, they'll trip me up every time. But, and as the, the chuckle you heard in the background, that phantom voice, no show at Financial Wellness Radio is complete without our good friend and co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. Good morning, You're Tony. listening to Financial Rock Radio and WTJN, <laughs> 107.1 FM, with Rob so Burnett in the morning. He. he does it so much better than I do. I know. It's all right. That's a good thing. <laughs> it's great to be here, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show. And Lori, always an honor. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Rob, have you been busy? There's an understatement. Actually, we've both been busy. I've been busy in the office covering for the fact Tony was, uh, not Tony, but Lori was on vacation. (laughs) Wow. You were. Lori, where'd you go? Tennessee. Oh, did you go to Nashville? No, I did not. (laughs) Not even close. No. I I Uh, went where there was no people around. We went out um, down to... uh, um, a little little town just south of Oneida, Tennessee, and oh. uh, some friends of ours own a cabin down there. We went down and stayed oh, there wow. and, and did some mountain climbing and things like that and enjoyed our, our time off. Probably no cell service. No cell service, and we did have a, a run-in with some uh, wild boars while we were up on the hill. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's crazy. I used to live in Nashville, you know, did radio there and uh, did radio promotions for the record companies there. I love I, Tennessee's a beautiful state, and I love living in Nashville. That was great. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, Lori was in a different jungle than the jungle in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> that's true. That is so true. So uh, I assume we all voted, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In in last week's election, that was awesome. Yep. So uh, it's always good to vote. Uh, and so what are we talking about on the show today, Rob? Well, Tony, today is our monthly episode on the investment markets and related topics. We normally do this on the first show in the month. We put it off a week because, as you said, we all just voted. We have midterm election results now, and I want to talk about those today and how they impact some of the the markets and investment decisions going forward. So a big part of what we do with our clients every day is this educational concept. And so we want to take the recent events who everybody thinks, oh, this is the first time this has ever happened. 
just dispel that as nonsense and and myth on top of it and put these events into some historical perspective so we can relate to the data better because how to navigate and respond to these market events in a disciplined manner that's the important part it's critical to your long-term financial well-being yeah i'm looking forward to this conversation because i'm sure our listeners are as curious as i am about how these results are affecting the markets uh, in the near term, like, uh, you know, I'm always curious, you know, what happens the day after the election and uh, how will the change in uh, politics and political control be received by investors and how will it impact that? And of course, you're here, Rob and Lori, to make sense of all this market information uh, that we're bombarded with every day. Um, so I want to understand how the markets affect our everyday lives and ultimately our retirement. And of course, how politics affects the market. This is a great topic to talk about. And once again, just having had the elections, we still got a few results out there, but in general, we know how things are gonna work going forward. And understanding the impacts of politics, both here and abroad, it's an important factor to understand, but we can't lose focus on the financial underpinnings of the markets. The fundamentals of earnings, interest rates, and employment are still the foundation of evaluating the health of our financial markets. Other factors like trade policy, tariffs, unrest in the Middle East, and the list goes on, gives market analysts something to worry about every single day. They're always gotta be worried about something. Oh yeah. Yeah, but we've talked about this many times before, Tony. The markets have absolutely no problem with risk. They know how to measure it and they know how to compensate for it. Now that we largely know the election results, the uncertainty that the markets really detest has been significantly lowered, at least for now. And the other good news is the outcome of this election is very close to what the market analysts were expecting. Now, we all know that markets will have temper tantrums when the analyst expectations aren't met. Once again, the first word in analyst is anal. (laughs) (laughs) And they do have The first part of the word analyst is anal. Okay, I I like that. Um, so now the midterm elections are over, and uh, for personally, I'm really thankful that the barrage of negative political ads has stopped. Oh, definitely. Oh, yes. Amen. Uh, I actually uh, was watching TV the other night, and one came on, like two days after the election. So uh, somebody <laughs> still owed, they owed them a spot, so they ran it, I guess. Uh, oh. But that being said, n- the, the news never stops. Just look at the day after the elections. There was, There's always something to talk about, right? Well, that's absolutely correct, Tony. Um, let, let's summarize a couple of interesting highlights that, that we're going to dig into in detail as this show progresses. And, and I'd like to look at the events to consider from Wednesday alone. These are just things that took place this past Wednesday. So the S&P 500, the Dow Jones and NASDAQ indexes were all up over 2% on Wednesday. So um, going wow. with that, President Trump asked for a asked for and received the resignation of Jeff Sessions, the attorney general. The Democrat Party uh, blue wave didn't happen. Democrats will have the majority in the next Congress, but that margin is still very slim. They needed a a net gain of 23 seats to capture that majority. They have 29 so far with a a few close races still remaining to be decided. And Republicans had a net gain of three seats in the Senate uh, with, with two races still outstanding. And that's something that has not happened since the 1930s, which, you know, for the president's party in their first midterm election. 
another thing that took place on Wednesday, China announced that they believe the current trade tensions and tariffs can be resolved through trade talks with the Trump administration. International markets have responded positively to those election results. That's a good thing. And here's some breaking news for you, Tony. President Trump and the mainstream media still don't like each other. <laughs> as yeah, further evidenced, news. you know, as further evidenced by CNN senior White House correspondent Jim Acosta, had his white, who had his White House press credentials suspended indefinitely. So, wow. in, in a series of tweets on Wednesday morning, President Trump congratulated the Republican Party on their big victory and said, "Now we can get back to work and get things done." <laughs> Wow, the hits just keep on coming. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. No, uh, I can't. There's a lot to talk about there. And I was wondering, a lot of people were wondering, will the midterms affect the market? Um, you know, not a lot, but they were up. So that's, I guess, good news. Um, it's hard to know where to start with all this information. I mean, we have internet, social media, uh, the 24-hour news channels, and topics like tariffs and trade wars, inflation. You know, we hear about tax reform. These are ongoing and obviously uh, important. So what do these election results mean for our retirement plans, though? I mean, that's where uh, you guys come in. Uh, Too much information is overwhelming, at least to me. So where do we start with all this, Rob? Well, Tony, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, we want to put some things in historical perspective so we can relate to the things that are going on. Too many people think that what's going on today in the markets is unprecedented because of either their love or disdain for President Trump. We've never been here before. And that's just simply nonsense. Let's, let's look at some examples. Now, most of us would agree that no one, we have not seen a president quite like President Trump. Whether you like him or you don't, he's a pretty unique animal. And, yeah. the, <laughs> and, and the political outcomes and how the markets react to those outcomes do have history, and we can look at that history and we can learn from it. History would argue that the election result we just had could be the best case scenario for the S&P 500 over the next year. Where are you going to hear that from? So let's look at some information from the Dow Jones market data. One year after the midterms, stocks have been consistently higher with the best performance coming under a, pay attention, Democrat-controlled House, we're going to have one of those in January, and a Republican Senate. They're going to have a larger majority in the next Congress. In this situation, the performance has been almost a 20% appreciation in the S&P 500's value. Now, contrast that to the worst performance has been a Republican House majority and a Democrat-controlled Senate in which the S&P has appreciated merely 3% on average. Hmm. Big disparity between those two. Now, let's say both both houses flipped to the opposite party. When that happens, there's been a 17% increase in the appreciation of the S&P 500. So what we're walking into historically is the best possible outcome. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Uh, You know, it's it's good to look at history and try to learn lessons for today. Uh, September could have been a a real bad one, but it did better than history. So and then, of course, October, as you mentioned earlier, was horrible uh, and worse than uh, historical uh, indications. would say, and the election outcome then also from a historical perspective. I think that that's great and it looks favorable, like you say, uh, but it's all making my head spin. So what's on the horizon for November and beyond looking ahead, Lori? 
Well, Tony, a divided government is, has historically been the best playing field for stocks. We entered the midterm elections with a strong economy, and the prospects for it to continue to prove are very good. So, you know, the the only really big thing that we can control that could derail the economy now is for Congress to roll back President Trump's tax cuts and job acts, Jobs Act of 2017. Uh, you had a corporate tax cut that only went into effect on the 22nd of December this past year. And it really was more about tax reform and structural reform regarding the way business is done in the United States. The full effects of the tax reform are only truly gonna be seen starting in the middle of next year. And we've had some short-term bump out of it, but that's going to last for many years. And we could be entering what's gonna be the longest business cycle that we've ever had in the United States. Wow. So this is good information. Uh, I've got some more questions for you, but we're out of time for this first segment. Is there anything you'd like to share before we take a quick break? I would, Tony. Our ability to get market information 24-7, political information 24-7, the data overload can be massive and overwhelming. And really, it makes it really tough to discern what to do. So for our radio listeners today, give us a call at 937 552 9990 and we want to start the process for you to receive your complimentary portfolio analysis review and we're going to personalize that to your specific situation you can also go on our website outlookfc.com click on the investment management menu and fill out the online appointment request there as well while you're there take a look at some of the other educational resources on the websites we have a whole video library there on financial topics or you can check out our Facebook page at Outlook Financial Center. The goal we ultimately have for all of our clients remains the same. Retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Retirement can be both exciting and intimidating. At Outlook Financial Center, we have found many people fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. Since deciding when to file for your benefit is so important, our firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy, call our office at 937-552-9990 or visit us at outlookfc.com to learn more. Welcome back to Financial Wellness Radio with me, Lori Gross from the Outlook Financial Center. And thanks again to everyone listening to us live on our podcast or streaming us on Troy Community Radio, WTJN 107.1 FM. And in the studio with me today, I have our CEO, Rob Burnett, and our co-host, Tony Shore. Welcome back, guys. Hi, good hey. to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Sound a little more enthusiastic. Come on. You can do it. <laughs> Woohoo! Awesome. Great to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic show, Lori. Hey, I mentioned I'm just coming back off vacation, so I'm feeling good. Good. <laughs> Rob may be a little stressed out. Anyway, uh, this week on the show, we're talking about market outlook and insights post-election November 2018. So, you know, in the, in the first segment of the show, we were discussing the results from the midterm elections and putting those results into a historical perspective. Yeah, and it's been a great show so far. But the elephant in the room, as you always say, Rob, uh, we've been talking about in previous shows, midterm elections has left the building, but it's only to be followed by a new herd of elephants. As usual, there's more issues coming up. And, you know, if you listen to the political talking heads, uh, you'd start to think both parties won the election. So uh, help us cut through the noise. What's really going on here, Lori? 
Well, you know, we have an interesting situation. Depending on your perspective, both parties can claim some level of victory. While a few individual races provided some surprises, the overall result is generally what was expected. So, you know, what will be interesting to watch is that desire of Nancy Pelosi to become Speaker of the House again versus over 40 Democrats uh, that were making campaign promises not to vote for Pelosi to become Speaker of the House um, if if they were elected. So the, the Democrat margin in the House can't, accom- can't accommodate 40-plus no-to-Nancy votes. So Pelosi has acknowledged this situation, and, and her response was kind of cryptic. It was, I'm a good negotiator. I, I'm not sure what that means, and it has many possible inter- interpretations, so stay tuned on that one. Yeah, I, I find that interesting, all the political theater. I keep worrying about when the next shoe drops, the inevitable market correction may eventually happen. When When is it going to happen? So uh, what are you hearing in the markets, Rob, about how the election is uh, affecting us in the near term? Well, Tony, there are several areas that are in play. Uh, we'll walk through a few of them today. Let's, let's start with trade policy. Uh, we've got a businessman for a president. He's been very active in that area. So let's, let's look at a couple of experts. One is uh, David Kelly. He's the chief global strategist at J.P. Morgan Funds. He had a couple of interesting observations. He tells us that Congress over the years has ceded a great deal of authority on trade to the executive branch. And because of this, the president's going to be free to pursue a more aggressive strategy on trade with China if he really wants to do that. The crucial question is whether he will want to make a deal with the Chinese Prime Minister Xi Jinping or if he doesn't. And you never know with President Trump. While continuing tough rhetoric on trade will not directly hurt the president politically, it could damage both the global economy and the U.S. economy, which could leave him more vulnerable in 2020. So that's David Kelly's take on it. Now, if we look at the current trade status with China, as Lori mentioned, or we talked about in, in the opening, China indicated on Wednesday that they think that trade talks can resolve their issues. Now, a new Democrat majority in the House is likely to back President Trump's trade war with China and could even egg him on but they're gonna offer tougher scrutiny of his negotiations with the allies. The tariffs were at best a minor issue in most races, even in the hard hit states such as North Dakota, Indiana, Missouri, states are being impacted by the the tariffs that China's levying on us. But those states voted in Republican senators and strengthened Trump's hand in uh, in the Senate chamber. And so far, President Trump has paid no political price for his tough line on China. Even Nancy Pelosi applauded President Trump's initial round of tariffs as a quote-unquote leverage point to negotiate fairer trade for U.S. products in China. And there's also growing bipartisan concern in Washington about increasing state control of China's economy, military activity in the South China Sea, and security issues surrounding Chinese technology companies. A lot of stuff going on in China. Well, yeah, there is. And we hear more and more about that. But, you know, like you said, being a businessman, President Trump spends a lot of time on taxes, the economy, trade, these tariffs. And we've seen results in those areas, some some significant results. Looking back at the election, the most successful issue Democrats successfully ran on was health care. Uh, what does that look like going forward? Well, you know, that's a, that's a great observation, Tony. And many healthcare analysts have viewed a split Congress as the most positive outcome for their sector, since no major legislation would likely be enacted. 
and with more Democrats in Congress, they may pursue a moderate policy agenda based on stabilizing the exchanges, encouraging more states to expand Medicaid, which they see as positive for facilities and mixed for managed care organizations. The Republicans were unsuccessful in their Obamacare repeal and replace efforts, but they've been able to mitigate some of the tax increases included in the legislation and the individual mandate tax penalty is gone for 2019. This is an area ripe for compromise that could benefit all Americans if either side is willing to budge. What are some of these other issues that we need to be paying attention to with our retirement portfolios, Rob? Well, one of the areas where we may get some bipartisan action is in the area of infrastructure. Our roads, bridges, electrical grids, internet connectivity, things of that nature. Let's hear from some experts on this topic area. Let's start back again with David Kelly. Once again, he was the chief global strategist at J.P. Morgan Funds. He tells us that Democrats might be willing to support more money for infrastructure if it included improvements to the electrical and internet grids. However, a lack of money and a lack of available construction workers suggests that a moderate rather than large infrastructure bill is probably what's going to occur. If you haven't got the people to do it, it's hard to do. And then an assistant economist at Capital Economics, Nikhil Sangani, said, it's possible that President Trump and the Democrats could agree on a deal to boost infrastructure spending, but there's probably more of a chance of an extended government shutdown. Overall, though, the midterms are unlikely to have a significant impact on the economy. Interesting take. Yeah. And then we Mm -hmm. listen to Justin Waring. He's an investment strategist at UBS Financial Services. He says, while Democrats in Congress might favor increased infrastructure spending, they could seek to finance it by reducing defense spending. There's a fight brewing. Now, they could limit the boost to the industrial, industrial sector overall by if they take it out on the defense spending. And while... Uh, UBS is cautious on this sector. Uh, It's being constrained by concerns that the industrial economic cycle has already peaked and by rising trade protectionism, going back to the tariffs issue. So as you can see from these are three experts in the area and they're just all over the place. They're all over the map. There's no real consensus. But one thing it is a consensus, I believe in this one, is the workers in the industries that would benefit most from an infrastructure package have large union participation, a favorite area for the Democrats. Yeah, it is. That's interesting. And that's an area where I thought there might be some agreement on. But, you know, as usual, the devil is in the details, right? Yep. And then there's the financial sector and the federal budget. Regulatory reform measures have already been signed into law. Uh, the bar to unwind any of these measures is now officially unachievable. You know, a, a two-thirds Democratic majority in both the House and Senate would have been needed to pass new legislation doing away with any or all of this in order to, to survive a, a near-certain veto from President Trump. And a bill making fresh tax cuts, uh, extending the individual tax cuts, or making technical corrections is likely to be caught up in partisan differences and not pass. So some some technical corrections may be uh, included in an omnibus uh, unrelated bill, uh, but that's another story. So uh, the the typical negotiations over government funding are are heated and, and may involve shutdown risks, but ultimately they'll likely lead to a deal to raise the budget caps in in line with past increases. Well, so much is going on here, and and there's more, right? I mean, President Trump focused on immigration issues in the midterms, 
and some Democrats promised impeachment proceedings if the Democrats won the House. So uh, what does all this look like, Rob? Well, Tony, we're living the Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. (laughs) Yeah. Because they certainly are. So on immigration, President Trump's uh, will likely perceive that his hard line on immigration worked in turning out the Republican base on Election Day, so he's likely to maintain this hard line over the next couple of years. However, this could exacerbate a current worker shortage, because right now there are more job openings than there are workers to fill them, and that could contribute to somewhat slower economic growth uh, next year and the year following uh, as compared to a more immigrant-friendly policy. This is a battle that needs to be resolved. But until both sides of the political spectrum are willing to compromise and stop confusing legal and illegal immigration, this fight is going to continue without any good resolution. The prospects of the Democrats filing articles of impeachment adds another act to the political theater. Just amazing to me. The act of impeachment alone would create noise in the markets, although we don't see any potential decline or bounce as anything long-lasting. Why is that? Generally speaking, it's still changes in economic and corporate earnings fundamentals that drive volatility in the markets, not the other way around. Let's let's go back and look at history. The impeachment of Bill Clinton in 1998 gives us a real example of this. Stocks actually climbed during this period after bottoming out earlier in the fall. Why is that? The U.S. economy was humming along and the dot-com boom was in full swing. Issues of much greater importance to the markets. Right. Yeah, obviously that's important, but what does all this mean for my portfolio? Well, Tony, you know, the laws of physics with regards to good financial retirement income planning haven't changed. Diversification, taxes, time horizon to retirement, and legacy desires are still the foundation of any good plan. Maintaining a disciplined approach with the assistance of a financial professional, like the ones here at Outlook Financial Center, is the key to your success. Our task is to look at what the market offers with respect to risk and return, then match you with a strategy that is best for, uh, that's in your best interests. So we strive to balance guarantees for income with growth potential so that when you retire, your money lives longer than you do. Um, lather, rinse, repeat, as Rob says sometimes, you know, stay disciplined and focused on your goals. Well, and that's good advice right there. Uh, Unfortunately, our time is up for this week's show. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Well, Tony, we hope our Market Outlook and Insights conversation was educational, uh, provided some answers to questions, and and just help uh, folks look at things that they were wondering about. What do these election results really mean to us? And try to cut through some of the noise and some of the data overload. So for our listeners today, give us a call at 937 552 9990 and let us get you your complimentary portfolio analysis review and look at your specific situation. You can also go to our website, outlookfc.com, click on the investment management menu and fill out the online appointment requests. Once again, our goal for all of our clients is the same, retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Thank you for listening to Financial Wellness Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Rob Burnett or Lori Gross at Outlook Financial Center. Call 937-552-9990 or visit their website at outlookfc.com.
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Wellness Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Outlook Financial Center, LLC. Wellness Investment Advisors, LLC and Outlook Financial Center, LLC are affiliated companies. Rob Burnett and Outlook Financial Center are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.